Welcome to the Soulful Expression Podcast. I'm your host, Marjorie, and I'm an intuitive coach, energy alchemist, medium, and channel, supporting you in discovering and developing your soul gifts. On this show, we talk anything energy alchemy, quantum healing, energetics, and intuition, how it's all connected to our passions, our soul's essence, and its unique expression. If you're interested in conversations about soul-aligned, heart-centered, and consciousness-expanding living, and in receiving practical tips on personal development, manifestation, soul growth, owning your magic, and so much more, this podcast is for you. Get ready to unlock your unique, magical, soulful expression. Hello! And welcome back to the Soulful Expression Podcast. You're listening to episode three, which is part two of What the Hell is Spiritual Awakening? I decided to record a part two because I noticed that I didn't go as deep in part one. So this is my intention for this episode, to go a little bit deeper. All right. So a spiritual awakening is an event where we get to experience ourselves on a deep level, deeper than we experienced our lives prior to the awakening. You can see it as a journey back to you. In part one, I talked about the question we start asking ourselves when we hit the ceiling, when we discover this longing for change. And the question was, who am I? That's the question that ignites our soul search journey. We want to know who we are underneath the pain, the past, uh, who we are unattached to anyone. Who am I apart from the conditioning, from autopilot? Most of the time we begin to notice that we know exactly what we don't want, but have no fucking clue what we actually do want. We question the choices we've made and are probably are still making and questions like, am I in the right job? It's well paid, but I'm unhappy. Do I stay in this relationship? Yes, because it's comfortable, even though we don't connect anymore. Even small decisions are challenging because you question everything. Small things like, am I going to the gym or not? Do I eat veg or fish for dinner? Should I go with this course or with the other one? Is this food good or bad for me? We begin to pay attention to our thoughts, to the things we say and how we say them, how they affect others and how others reflect back who we are being. In part one, I talked about staying in the comfort zone, in the familiar, and we're operating within what feels familiar, right? Because we've always done things a certain way and we're used to them. So we continue because there's no effort involved. We don't have to think. We don't need to change. We don't have to conform. We know how everything works and that's how it should always be, right? It's also worth mentioning that not everybody is meant to awake. Plus, there's always free will. Free will to choose whether or not you're taking action towards making changes in life. The journey back to you isn't easy. The journey is what your soul evolution is. Once you've started, there's no going back to old ways of doing things, but you can't do anything about it either. So your only choice is to move past the past and beyond the comfort zone. Now, we all experience the spiritual awakening process differently because everyone has their own story to write. 
What we all have in common, though, is we all go through transformations, through transitional phases, down the rabbit hole and out the rabbit hole. But it's on us to navigate these moments, right? This soul journey is essentially going from an old version of you to the next version of you. And you can just keep going and going and going as you keep living, You awaken to your next higher level of consciousness and leave the old behind. And the tricky part is to recognize that parts of us, especially our ego, will continue to hold on to what was because it was familiar, right? And the ego's job, of course, is to keep us safe, even if it means, quote unquote, blocking our growth. And you can experience it in different ways. First of all, you have to get to a point on your journey where where you're capable of discerning, this is my ego speaking, it's not what's in my heart. The ego will make you rethink things over and over again. Hello, overthinking mode. (laughs) And this can be accompanied with doubt, fear, anxiety, stress, all those negative emotions. And once these emotions are triggered, your nervous system is dysregulated, which means that you're in a survival state. For example, I live in Brussels, Belgium, where the European institutions are, and people come from all over the world to work here. So it's a very international, multilingual place, which, by the way, I really appreciate. I love bringing my kids up here because people are more open-minded, plus the kids get to learn four languages. And that's so amazing because we can provide the kids uh, with a setting that's very open-minded and I don't have to worry about like they experience less racism than I experienced in my own childhood growing up which is priceless because there is so much more freedom and less this questioning about why do you look differently why is your skin different why is your hair different And so it's just so laid back and accepting and even though it's chaotic, but it's still laid back and easy. And I love that for my kids and for our family. Yeah, that's that. Many, many internationals work for the institution. So I see them working their asses off and they have very, very well-paid jobs. But because they're working long hours, they fill up their free time with activities that take their mind off work, naturally and understandably. I know a couple of them, and some are just unhappy. They feel guilty because they complain about their lives, kind of like in the manner of, why am I even complaining? I have everything. I can afford anything I want. I bought a home. I travel a lot, etc. And I briefly talked about these uh, thoughts in part one. So, When they're stressed from work, they find themselves in this loop of unhappiness and this longing for fulfillment, not realizing that their nervous systems are dysregulated and that they're perpetuating the ego-based cycles. Uh, Let me give you another example, my own example, to show you how layered this all is. Before I got robbed on the street, I was just functioning. I was on autopilot and completely unaware of why I would get triggered so much when one of the kids would throw a tantrum. As a mom of three, I had systems in place so I wouldn't have to think extra like outside the box because for me it was like what's done is done. It's done efficiently, then I can go rest. 
not knowing though that being triggered was coming from the nervous system signaling me that I was in a survival state. And I didn't know any of these things. I mean, I heard about the fight, flight, freeze modes, but it wasn't in my awareness that I could be acting out of them. So there's that. The other thing was the trigger itself, which was the tantrum. It didn't occur to me that, one, it made me go crazy, it made me feel stressed and caught off guard, but also, number two, it showed me how incapable I was of not holding space for the kid in tantrum mode. So there's that. Then having the system in place, of course, super practical, super efficient, But that was the actual survival response, my coping mechanism. I couldn't leave things uncontrolled. And because I like subconscious work, I love subconscious work, I'm sharing the belief that was behind that. Just to help you understand how having a certain belief plays out in real life. So the belief is when I'm not in control, everything will fall apart. Or no one else will do it and I don't have any support. And this belief was actually supported by not having any relatives close by. They all live, I don't know, in Austria and the Philippines, in Greece, in Switzerland, in Australia, in the US, in Canada. Like we are everywhere. (laughs) So I have to do everything by myself. Notice the victimhood mentality here. At the same time, I didn't like to be controlled either. I never liked to have a boss or being told what to do because I heard that way too many times growing up. And therefore, if no one's controlling me, I don't have to meet anyone's expectations, right? That was a hard realization because something I couldn't unsee anymore moving forward was not only did I believe in not having support, I also unconsciously refused the support that I actually had from others, like other than my family, right? And the other layer was refusing, unconsciously refusing to let go of control and holding on to the belief that if I don't do things, if I don't control things, everything will fall apart. That was a hard realization, but it's also a major part of navigating challenges because you're being brutally honest with yourself. Now, let's circle back to the internationals. And of course, I don't mean all of them. I just happen to know a couple of them. Keep that in mind. Uh, When I talk to them, some experience physical issues or even chronic pain that's often triggered by stress, pressure, depression, burnout, and not having enough time or not allowing rest. And I see this in my husband too sometimes. He's not, I mean, he's not unhappy, but through stress, his body reacts. And the way it shows up for him is lower back pain. And that's a pattern because whenever you get into a stressful situation, your nervous system is triggered. And if you're not doing anything to stabilize the nervous system, the pain won't go away. Others, for example, get sick after a period of stress. And that's the exact same response. Now, where am I getting with this? Well, when the body communicates with us through discomfort and pain, be it physical, emotional, or mental, it's a sign that we should be paying attention. Because if not, the communication will get louder and louder and louder. And this can show up as burnout, 
adrenal fatigue, exhaustion. And if we keep ignoring the body's signals, we miss the opportunities to look into what's going on. We miss the opportunity of gaining an understanding of the pain and the emotions that come to the forefront. And what we are used to doing is looking for relief externally, such as medication, painkillers, massage therapy, counseling. And then when we feel better, we dive straight back into the old ways of doing things. Until the next challenges comes knocking on the door. Until we finally get the message and wake up. And that's the way the universe works, right? It's uh, presenting us with the same pattern over and over again until we learn the lesson. I apologize for the noise in the background. I have no idea what's going on outside, so just ignore it. Now, you might ask why I'm telling you all of this and what does this have to do with spiritual awakening? Okay, so first, it's very personal as you're developing a deep relationship with yourself. You're getting to really know yourself, your personality, your identity, your fears, what brings you joy, what dreams and desires to pursue. It's an intimate experience because you're allowing to fully open up to yourself and the ups and downs that your life experience brings, right? You're redefining who you are, refining your talents, reconnecting with your passions, restructuring and readjusting your life and rebuilding that deep connection to yourself and the universe. And it feels like it's a whole mercury retrograde re everything face (laughs) and as you keep focusing on all the re's the re's you begin to notice that there is this sense of peace as you dive into mindfulness practices you're avoiding negative people you're finding meaning and purpose in life you're being hopeful when things are challenging you're embracing any encounters with others and experiences because you know that there's always a lesson that can help you grow. You're also having a greater level of empathy. You're trusting your intuition. You're feeling at peace while being alone. You're feeling connected to your soul. You're having a strong sense of self-worth. And it's easier for you to be in the present moment. And at the same time, you're paying attention to the words you're using, how they affect others, but also see how other people's words affect you. So there's a greater awareness and understanding about who you are and who you desire to be. And second, we're always presented with opportunities to shift things in life. And one of these opportunities is when we go through challenging periods. And this can be at work, with relationships, with death, any change that's outside of the comfort zone and outside of our control. And these experiences are opportunities that we can grab to face our fears, to look at uh, past ways of doing things, to questions, to learn lessons, and to ultimately grow. Because we have free will, We can choose what to perceive as opportunity. The tricky part is to let go of the ego and to see anything and everything as an infinite possibility. Because what happens is you open up to experiencing life from a different perspective, from a higher level of awareness, and you begin to develop an understanding why you had to go through certain experiences. That's personal development. You can think of it as spiritual or not, 
But okay, what does spiritual even mean? Like in my understanding, spirituality is the I am. It's a recognition and awareness of your belief system, your emotional world, and the understanding that there's something greater than yourself, a bigger picture, that we're all going through similar things so we can evolve and to learn to be and let others be accepting things for what they are, but also being able to take the required steps for the changes you want to see in your life. A great example of what spirituality is not, okay, I'm gonna share an example uh, from my personal life, is with my mom. Once she realized that I'm into spirituality, she said, well, now you can get your kids baptized. Now you can get married in a Christian church. And I said, mom, spirituality is not a religion and then she continued arguing you know about how disappointed she was that the kids aren't baptized and that it would make her so happy but that's not letting others be so i said you know what mom you had the opportunity to raise me and now you gotta let me have the opportunity to raise my own kids be and let be right so she let go even though i know that she continued to be disappointed but my point was that the kids should have the choice whether or not they want to become christians or whatever i mean you you get what i mean now when we embark on this soul journey in the search of becoming our true authentic self we also begin to see the flaws in ourselves and in others And the more we evolve and continue to grow, the more our lives change. And these changes can be in the way you're seeing and experiencing people, relationships, and the world differently. And I mean, your dreams, visions, and goals may change. Your friends may change. The way you think and talk may change. But that's the only constant in life, right? So... In a way, a spiritual awakening is a process of adapting or adjusting to the constant change and ultimately waking up to new versions of you and who else you can become. It's the mastery of you as a creator, right? Like the journey back to you. All right, my loves, that was episode three. I'm sure there is so much more to say about spiritual awakening. Uh, And also the more we evolve, the more experiences we go through, the more wisdom we have. And there will probably be another episode on spiritual awakening because we don't go only through one, right? We have constantly awake to the next level to our next higher self so i hope this episode was helpful if you have any questions feel free to contact me i'll also put the links in the show notes so you can check out how you can work with me say hello on instagram and follow me on youtube i see you in the next episode sending you so much love and happy vibes bye